welcome to the Clear to Close podcast with our hosts, local mortgage expert Ryan Bolton and Carson Jones, owner of Team Honey with Red Rock Real Estate. Ryan and Carson have the questions and answers, tips and tricks, do's and don'ts, and expert guests to help explain all the steps needed to buy or sell real estate. And now it's time for the Clear to Close podcast. Hey everyone, Ryan Bolton here. Today I have a special guest with me, Cameron Cotter with Key City Insurance. So when you do a home loan, you're going to have a few things you need. Obviously a borrower that goes through all the guidelines of, of a borrower. You're going to need an appraisal, title, and homeowner's insurance. It's one of the key things we need on every single transaction. So I thought it'd be good to bring in an expert here, a local expert here in Southern Utah, to just kind of talk about this whole homeowner's insurance, how it gets ordered, the process, what it covers. So Cameron, appreciate you swinging by. So tell everybody a little about yourself, how you got in the insurance industry, a little bit about Key City Insurance. So just give a little intro for everybody. Oh yeah, excellent. Thanks, Ryan, for having me on. So, Key City Insurance, uh, we're a local brokerage. Um, we're an indep- what's called an independent broker. And so, what that means is we actually write with several different carriers. Um, there are a lot of different insurance providers out there. Which one's the right one for me? That's a big question that a lot of people have. And so, I signed on with Key City to be an independent broker because I wanted to give people those options. You know, um, everybody's different. It's just the nature of the industry. Carriers. That's what I find, too. You've got some carriers just don't like, just like in the mortgage world, there's some that we just know that client won't fit with that Uh guideline. It won't fit with this. So that's why I've liked working with you is you have a lot more options for people when other ones may say no. Especially in southern Utah and some more of the rural areas, you're going to have fire issues, maybe distance to the fire station or a fire hydrant or type of construction. There's a lot of things that go into determining the the process. So what does homeowner's insurance even cover? Like when somebody gets a homeowner's insurance, what, what does it break down? What does it actually cover? Yeah, so the main thing to think about when homeowner's insurance, it started as fire insurance. That was the original name for it. House catches on fire. I need help rebuilding. That is the whole premise, and that's the foundation of homeowner's insurance. So when you look at a policy, everything just bridges off of that. And so that's really nice to think about. And then the language of homeowner's insurance is written in what we call a total loss. So a lot of people, it's it's rare that they experience a total loss. Their dishwasher leaks. They've got a small kitchen fire. They've got to rebuild a little bit, but they're not tearing the whole thing mm. down and building it back up. But the language of a homeowner's policy when you're looking at your homeowner's insurance is a total loss language. So when you're looking at those numbers, how does this make sense? What does this mean? That's what you need to think about is that total loss rebuild scenario. Okay. Yeah. And so for a lender, we want to make sure that the loan is covered. Just like a car loan, you have to get insurance to show if it gets in a wreck and has to be replaced, that it does have insurance to cover that. You even have other insurances that cover the difference between what you owe and what the car is worth, like mm-hmm. gap coverage and stuff like that. But I often see other policy, other things included in a homeowner's policy, whether that's other buildings that are detached or liability coverage. I even see like jewelry and furniture and art. So what are some of these things on top of just the overall structure that gets covered with a homeowner's policy? Yeah. So there's basically, I, we do have a visual okay. if yeah, you want to pull, pull that slide. up yeah, let's pull while up we kind of talk about this. Okay. So you got the big house. That's your dwelling coverage. That's your big number. And that's anything that's attached to the dwelling itself. So that a garage would be part of that. Just anything that's mm-hmm. actually part of the structure. Okay. Yep. The structure itself, the main structure on the property. Um, then you've got additional structures 
you know, you can see the little little detached garage. Sometimes we've got detached garage. Sometimes we had sheds. And sometimes you look around and you're like, I don't have anything. There's, I have a house on a piece of land. What do I need this coverage for? Other structures literally covers everything on your property that's not the house itself. Hmm. Grass, trees, landscaping, sprinkler fences. systems, fences. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But no, it would cover anything like the cars or uh, RVs. Those are separate, right? Because that's more of that policy would cover the car or the RV that's parked there that time. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, and then the other main thing to pay attention to is your content coverage. Okay. So if you were to pick up your house, shake it, anything mm. that were to fall out, that's your contents. Okay. That is, that's what needs to be covered under that content coverage. Um, there are some limitations and things. Um, you know, you, you can't say, well, my couch is worth a million dollars, so I need to insure it for a million dollars. Um, there's some limitations and stuff, but for the most part, that's it. Your jewelry, your clothes, and everything up to a certain amount. Is there a standard? Is it something where you always kind of put a number in? Is that something where you have a conversation with the client and say, hey, do you have anything that's maybe a little bit more valuable or a lot more jewelry or art or it's collectibles or something like that that you want to have that extra coverage on there? Or is it just almost every policy has 10 grand? Or is there kind of a number that people usually put on there? Absolutely. So a lot of this is a question I get a lot from people. They have expensive items, jewelry, guns, hmm. you know, furs, art, whatever the case may be. Insurance providers have a limit, $1,500 per individual item. Hmm. Doesn't matter how valuable, it could be a $5 million piece of art. Unless you insure it properly, the most your insurance company is going to give you for that is $1,500. Hmm. Okay. So endorsements, endorsements, endorsements. These are all things that, that help you get the coverage that you need. And the nice thing with personal property coverage is it doesn't insure that item just in the house. Hmm. If it's in your car, if you're traveling and you lose jewelry, it's lost, stolen, whatever the case may be, you can file a claim on your homeowner's insurance hmm. for your contents, for your personal items. So it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be lost, stolen, or damaged while on your premises. Okay. It can be anywhere. It's your personal items. Okay. And so like you said, endorsements. Now some of the things that are not covered typically is going to be is is earthquake fall under that flood. Mm -hmm. Is there additional coverages that you recommend that people look at? Because I see a lot of times that you'll have the dwelling covered and that's kind of what they need and then all these little tiny little things for furniture or that kind of stuff that's added to it. And it's amazing how cheap it can be to add some of these endorsements just to make sure you do have adequate coverage. Because mm -hmm. homeowners insurance generally is one of the, the cheaper ones anyway that's out there as far as what it's actually covering, you know, because of total loss, you know, what it would take to totally lose that entire structure. So do you see, recommend that people really look at what their, what the policy actually covers outside of just the loan or just outside of the dwelling? Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of a, an industry standard that, that we as agents will write homeowners policies the way people expect coverage to apply. Um, you can write a very inexpensive homeowner's policy, but when it comes time to a claim, there's a high likelihood that you're going to be very disappointed mm -hmm. on, on what actually pays out on that claim. And so obviously we don't want disappointed clients disappointed homeowners. I don't think there's know. anything more frustrating <laughs> when you need the insurance and all of a sudden find out, well, you don't have the coverage that it's you not thought there. you did. Exactly. And, and it's amazing what's like a hundred bucks more a year could open up so many more little things to make sure that things mm -hmm. are covered. I'm amazed. Same with car insurance. I'm blown away at how many times people just get those minimums and then they get hit by an uninsured or underinsured 
person and suddenly they're out a lot more money where the difference in that, it, it can be so small if you just have the conversation, okay, here's the minimum, here's what the lender needs, here's kind of the minimum, let's maybe look at where else we could add the coverage that doesn't just incredibly jack up the price. Yeah, and it'll, a lot of it just comes down to, you know, education and a conversation with an agent, you know? A lot of people just, you know, we get bombarded with, like, ads from Geico and whatever, and people go online, oh, this is so easy, you know, but they're not being educated on what they're actually buying, mm. and they don't they're not aware that there's an endorsement that covers their air conditioning unit that they probably really want, mm. but nobody talked to them about it. And so there it goes uninsured. And if something happens, you know, now let's talk about deductibles. That's obviously something that can help the price come down a little bit, mm -hmm. but also maybe in some ways discourages using the insurance because it costs more to pay for the deductible than it does for the loss or that type of thing. So is the deductible on anything that's a claim or is it broken down where you have to pay it um, you know, first? You know, It's the first thing, whether it's the jewelry, whether it's... So if you got 1500 in coverage, but you got a $2,500 deductible, maybe they wouldn't put the claim in. But is it just the deductible, whenever the claim gets used, that has to get hit first? Or is it something where there's different tiers based on what part of the coverage they're actually using? So standard... Yes, deductible has to be satisfied first. Okay. If you've got, well, and what would you say is the most common deductible on a home? On a homeowner's, a thousand. Thousand. Okay. A thousand is kind of that sweet spot where you're 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 not saving too much money, but you're not spending too much, okay. um, and so that thousand dollar sweet spot, maybe for a condo or a townhome, maybe five hundred. Okay. Um, it, it, a little bit lower. Um, high value homes, you can you can do a percentage deductible if mm. you want. So okay. there's there's definitely different things that you can do to kind of find what's right for you. Um, but typically $1,000. If you don't say anything, if you don't specify, typically your agent's going to write you a $1,000 deductible because okay. okay. that's pretty standard. And that needs to be satisfied first on any claim. Okay. So if you lose a watch and it's worth $500, you're not putting in a claim right, for that. Right. But if you lose 10 watches, you know, obviously $1,000, you're going to put in that claim and then you can Sure. And you've seen some, you know, somebody has a garage and they just take everything out of the garage tools and mm -hmm. lawnmower and all the other stuff. It can add up pretty quickly, but it does have to meet that. And then obviously if it's a full loss, if the car in the garage catches on fire or something crazy yeah. and burns down the garage, which then takes out the, you know, the roof and just takes out a whole bunch of stuff there. That's when those deductibles kick in. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes when we're looking at a policy with a client, we say, okay, they have the means to maybe pay a little higher deductible that might help get that premium down. Yeah. But it is something where, like I said, it's nice to know there is just that industry standard with it. So what is the process to get the insurance? Because I, I have a lot of times where I'll have a client that will need the insurance and will need the agent's name and phone number. But a lot of times it's a quote when we actually need the policy, but we don't mm -hmm. pay for it until closing typically. So a lot of clients will call me up and say, hey, when do I pay for it? Who do I get it from? When do I activate it? So when I send you an order, what kind of is the steps you do with the client when I send you kind of a client to get a quote? Yeah, absolutely. And and. You're pretty familiar with this process, but for your guests, it's it's a matter of obviously you get the initial quote, and then it's all about approvals. You know, it, it's it's their property, it's their insurance. You and I can sit here all day and say, "Hey, this quote is awesome. They want, they should get it." Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's up to them. So, you know, communicating with your agent and us communicating with the client and saying, "Hey." You know, let's go over this. Let's talk about this. Let's have that educational conversation. What are you buying here? You know, homeowners insurance. It's not just a pain. Uh, you know, it's not just something on your checklist. This is a really important step to buying your home, especially if it's your first home. You need to understand 
how this policy will work for you and have that confidence in it so that going forward, you know, you're protected. And so once they get that approval, then I do get that question a lot. Okay, how do I pay for this? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what do I, they see the sticker price, you know, $800, $1,000, you know, they've just dumped every single dime they had into their, you know, closing costs and, and down payments well, and, and, and stuff. And so many and times so, they're doing earnest money deposit and home inspection, yeah. they're doing all these other things and all of a sudden, bam, I got to pay another money. And a lot of times it's just part of the money that gets brought to closing at the end with mm-hmm. down payment and those types of things. And that's when the policy actually really turns on, so to speak. Exactly. Right. So it turns on. What's nice with homeowners insurance, though, is we can activate a policy and then we've got some time to collect mm. on that payment. So you're going to bring your your homeowner's insurance is going to be included in your closing costs. Right. That's basically where where it gets paid. However, they work that out with you. However, you know, that closing cost is paid. Um, and then your title company, when you go to sign those documents and things, your title company collects that. And then they actually, it's your title company that sends your insurance company a check for that homeowner's insurance and it's paid for the year. And then you are replenishing that through your escrow payments. You're replenishing that account when you make your monthly mortgage payment so that every year there's money now to pay your homeowner's insurance on an annual basis. So you're paying your homeowner's insurance. Ryan is automatically factoring that homeowner's cost in. So when you see that $800, $1,500 sticker price on that homeowner's insurance, you've already figured that out for them. You've already factored that in. At the end of the day, they're going to realize, oh, wait, I don't, I don't really have to do anything. I've, I'm already planned for this. This right. is great. And I think there's a benefit with that, too, because it's something where you're breaking it up to 12 payments. So just as part of your payment, you're covering that. Same with the property taxes. They get set up as an escrow account. So it is part of the closing cost. Where it's really not. It's more of a, a way to just get everything balanced to make sure that, that when we start today, you have your insurance. You make 12 payments into that escrow account, and then, bam, you've got your insurance payment again. And I often recommend people, when they have that check go out or when they know, they'll get something from you guys typically. It says if there's any changes, maybe the policy uh, premium changes a little bit, which mm-hmm. is coverage amounts or those types of things happen, just like taxes change a little bit. But they're much more steady than rental or other types of expenses. But I always think it's good to recommend the client to, hey, take a look at that. Because I see a lot of times they'll get that in homeowner's insurance when they bought the home, and they don't look at it for five years. Mm-hmm. They don't look at it for for quite a while, and then all of a sudden, they re- well, the home value's gone up. The price to repair stuff's gone up. It's well worth looking at that. Would you recommend once a year, or do you think it's it's better to do it every couple of years? I mean, how often do you recommend somebody, when they go to that first year after ownership, just re- re-look at their coverage and make sure it's what they want? I would see. I would say anytime they see an increase in the market, okay. you know, if their home value has dramatically gone up... Um, that's definitely something to visit your homeowner's insurance. I've you're, seen people that, yeah, they'll pull it up and it's like 250 is the dwelling coverage. Yeah. I'm like, you're not going to be able to rebuild that house for that amount. <laughs> or if you, I mean, so it is something where, and it's such a change, it's such a small change to get it to 400 yeah. or 450 or whatever the home is actually worth. So it's well worth looking at that. Like, that's a great idea. Whenever you see the price go up or whenever it goes to renew, it's just worth mm-hmm. what's my coverage at, make sure it's adequate. And all homeowner's insurance policies are going to have a built in, uh, what we call an inflation guard. Okay. Two to four percent. They're going to factor that in, and they're automatically going to increase your coverage two to four percent every year. They're just going to add a little bit, but sometimes they're going to take a look at the market, and they may increase your coverage for you. Hmm. And that and that may be that spike that you see. For example, right now, anyone listening to this, I'm sure you've noticed your homeowner's insurance has gone up. 
look at your coverage. Your coverage has gone up as mm. well because insurance companies are looking around. They're looking at cost of claims. They're looking at building materials. They're doing that work a little bit for you. But again, they're looking at either the country as a whole, the, the, the state as a whole, the region. You have to be aware of your area values, costs, and things in your area. And even though your insurance company increased your dwelling coverage, even though your rate went up a little bit, it still might not be enough. Hmm. And you need to visit that with your agent. Especially if you pay cash or you put a large amount down. Um, on the lending side of things, we have just minimums that we need to cover, mm -hmm. just like you do on your car. But usually the minimum isn't what you really want. If you put large money down, you paid cash for the home, you've done something where you've kind of lo lost that lender kind of minimum that they want. Mm -hmm. And vice versa, if you have 100% a, a financing or you're high, where you're covering a lot more than you probably need to, if the value does go up, you want to take a look at that. There's just things you can look at. One thing I did see that is there a general rule on liability, just overall liability coverage when it comes to the home. This is if somebody trips and falls or dog mm -hmm. bites or just something that's outside of theft and fire that you mostly associate with homeowners insurance. So let's talk a little bit about that liability coverage because I've mm -hmm. seen people be able to adjust that a little bit mm -hmm. and the cost to increase it seems to be very cost effective to the coverage you can get. So talk mm -hmm. about just general liability coverage on a homeowner's policy. Yeah, standard liability coverage um, amounts 100000 300000 500000 that's across the board. Okay. There's some particular carriers you might be able to go up to a full million on a standard homeowners and policy. But that liability coverage, and again, what that covers is accidental, you know, accidental injury by someone who's in your home. They need help paying those medical bills. You've got liability coverage um, for that. Potential lawsuits, things like that. That's what that liability coverage is for. And really, again, you've got three levels. Typically, agents, unless you specify otherwise, we're going to slap that middle level in there. Again, cost-wise, it's not significant um, unless we're really trying to, you know, get um, a, a good rate. Um, and does that change with like dog having dogs or mm -hmm. a pool or what kind of what are the things they look at that determine how much coverage you should have or what liability coverage is going to cost? I mean, what's the probably the most common use of that insurance? Like, what's the most common claim against liability insurance when it comes to homeowners? Yeah, well, you just said it. I mean, dogs, trampolines, okay, um, swimming pools. You know, again, any treehouse, 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 <laughs> trees. You know, okay. kids, neighbor kids climbing trees. A lot of it just has to do with the risks, and so your agent will take a look at your exposures. What type of risks you have? Do you have exposures that are that are open and accessible uh, in your front yard? Things we call attractive risks. Hmm. Kids are going to wander into your yard, you know? So is there a high likelihood that something's going to happen? Mm. That's um, where you see, I see the requirements for fencing and stuff around pools. Exactly. Is it really because of that reason, just to make sure that somebody doesn't just wander up, drown in the pool or, or fall in or something like that? Okay. 100%. Okay. Yep. That you're taking proper precautions, especially with pools. And obviously, they can still hop the fence, but at least you show that, hey, you did everything you could to make sure this was a private pool and that somebody didn't just yeah. jump the fence and jump in kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Me, personally, if they have a pool... I'm quoting them at 500,000 in mm. liability. It's just how ex how extreme can something happen? Mm. We're, what's the doomsday scenario? Worst case scenario going to happen? Obviously pool drowning that, that's pretty dramatic. Um pretty you know, intense and so 500,000 at least. And then I guess personal assets too. Um we live in a world that 
people are going to wait to see what you're worth before they decide how much to sue you for, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know? And so what kind of personal assets does this person have? What kind of potential are they setting themselves up for with a potential liability claim? Maybe 500,000 is not even enough. We have to talk about umbrellas and stuff at that point, but, but newlyweds, you know, in a little town home rental, hundred thousand dollars, no real exposures. Mm. That's perfectly fine, you know, for them. But you've got people multi-million dollar homes with swimming pools, five hundred thousand at least. Mm. And even at that point, those particular clients, I'm talking to them about personal umbrellas as well, making sure that 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 coverage extends well beyond a million. And, and that's what I look at. So that umbrella coverage or something to get five hundred thousand worth of coverage is so much more expensive than when it can be tied into the home, is what I found a lot of times. So mm -hmm. maximizing the homeowner's insurance can minimize other insurances you may need mm -hmm. to at least cover one of your biggest assets. One of the biggest liability one of your biggest exposures out there mm -hmm. is making sure you have that proper coverage. And you see with car insurance, the minimums the state require or the lender is always gonna be a little less than probably what you want to at least investigate. Oh yeah. Because it can save you some money down in the long run. And when you're breaking it up to 12 payments over the year tied into your escrow, having a hundred bucks more, having a thousand bucks more is spread out over that time frame, and the coverage can be just much, much more accurate. So it is an important step. It's something where as you're looking to buy a home, you do want to factor in what is the insurance going to be. You want to start getting some quotes. Um, and that's where we can work with you on finding the right agent, finding the right coverage, because there are sometimes agents won't do it. Like we talked about early, they just don't insure that type of home. Maybe it's mm -hmm. a little too far from the fire station or a little more rural or just type of construction. So it's good to have somebody that has a lot more options to just make sure that you're reviewing anything that can get insured. So I've, I found you've said yes a lot more than some of the other agents as far as what you can cover. Mm -hmm. And it, obviously the rates change based on the risk. That's what mortgage rates are. It's mm -hmm. all based on risk is how we're offsetting that with interest rate, with premiums, with deductibles. That's how all this thing works. But it's really important, I think, that that people review your homeowner's insurance. So if you're not looking to buy and you haven't looked at your homeowner's insurance in a while, I really recommend just taking a quick look at it because it's it can be something that you haven't looked at for five years. Your dwelling coverage could still be too low. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've added some art or some collectibles or just some stuff you know that you want to make sure it has that coverage because when you do need it, the worst thing you can find out is it's not insured or not insured for as much as it would cost to replace it. So is there any other tips you can give people when it comes to checking their insurance or, or what to look for when they're first getting a quote? Um, you kind of just hit the nail on the head is, is just, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't assume, mm. you know, look at your policy. And if you need help understanding it, find someone who will help you understand it. Um, a lot of times just a parent or grandparent, someone who's been through it before, mm. um, they understand they understand enough to explain it to you and things like that, but get an agent. It doesn't cost you anything. That's the thing that surprised you know? me. It's it's free. Like pre-approvals are free. Just check it out. Yeah. Get started early. And then, oh, I'm already working with Leonard. Get a second opinion. Yeah. I'm already working with insurance. Get a second opinion. It doesn't ever cost anything. Well, I don't want to talk to another salesperson. I don't want to get roped into switching and going through all the hassle. But it doesn't cost anything to find out. And yeah. if it does end up making sense to move or switch or do something, great. Now you have the, the education to do it. Or worst case, you stay with your current insurance company and just go back and tweak it with new advice. Exactly. I mean, I think that's why we have the heart of teachers. We have the heart of being able to just help people with this process. We've been doing it long enough. Obviously, we want to earn the business. That's why we're doing the show. That's why we do other things. But a lot of times, I think that's why I've always liked working with you is it's educational. 
if they use us, great. That's what our goal is. But if we help them get better insurance, better loans, better whatever, we all win. It's just mm-hmm. how we try to do things. So, and insurance, the insurance industry, you have to ask. Agents are busy. You know, um, and there's so many things just standardized, just templates, just bam, it just plugs there's in and goes. So much that right. yeah, we can just assume, we can make assumptions. We're busy with other clients, people, you know, have emergencies and stuff like that. So don't assume your agent knows you, knows your situation, um, is 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 reviewing your policy and 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 recommending adjustments. If you have an agent like that, awesome, good for you. <laughs> right. Don't ever leave them, you know, <laughs> but. Most likely you don't, and you're just going to need to ask, and they'll be it, it more something. than happy to help. It is something just outside, out of mind. It gets done, you get yeah. done, you just leave it on, it gets renewed every year, you never really ever check mm-hmm. it until the house burns down. Until you need or it. Or until somebody yeah. falls in until the pool, or late. the dog bites, or a fire somewhere, or something caves in, or that type of stuff. Or you find mm-hmm. out you don't have the flood insurance that you thought you did, or the earthquake insurance, or other things that the policy doesn't cover, mm-hmm. where if you just have that conversation early on... It's amazing how many times that can just save you so much money when you actually need to go and use the insurance. So, Cameron, I really appreciate your expertise. Tell everybody how they get a hold of you, website, phone number, whatever, uh, to get a hold of you to get a quote. Yeah, again, my name is Cameron Cotter uh, with Key City Insurance. Um, phone number is 435-656-8100. Um, Cameron at keycityinsurance.com is uh email and yeah reach out to me anytime happy to help i got a great team and we're happy to help anyone we can great really appreciate your expertise and uh as always we'll get other guests and we'll see you next time on the clear to close podcast this has been the clear to close podcast with ryan bolton and carson jones please submit your comments questions and topics for future episodes to clear to close pod at gmail.com That's clear the number two, closepod at gmail.com. Or findmyhomeutah.com or ryanbolton.com. Please like, follow, and share. And until next time, this is the Clear to Close podcast. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect those of Patriot Home Mortgage or Team Honey with Red Rock Real Estate. License number NMLS 299717. This has been a production from a podcast studio.